Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. As we continue our study in the book of Revelation, we are in chapter 13, the first half of chapter 13, is about the Antichrist. And we're working rather diligently through these scriptures to determine exactly who is the Antichrist and what can we expect. Chapter 13 starts off with some difficult descriptions. It says, I saw a beast rising out of the sea with 10 horns and seven heads and 10 diadems upon its horns and a blasphemous name upon its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. We're talking about a world ruler. Now, how do you understand a description like that? Back in the day, I mean, way back in the day, the 60s and 70s hippies thought the best way to understand a difficult section of the book of Revelation like this was to get high on pot, and that would give you the insight, which otherwise seemed impossible to try to gain an understanding. I don't recommend that method. Instead, the best way to understand the book of Revelation is use other scriptures. And the very best way to understand Revelation 13 is the book of Daniel. And specifically, if you want to understand the first few verses in Revelation chapter 13 that I just read to you, then Daniel chapter 7 is the place to go. The beast coming out of the sea, the ten horns, the diadems, the uh, leopard, bear, and the lion— All these are descriptions that come straight out of Daniel 7. And Daniel 7 is talking about four beasts who are actually satanically empowered world emperors and world empires, namely Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. And what St. John has done is taken the four beasts in Daniel chapter 7 and combine them into one. It's kind of like a four-in-one tool, so to speak. It's a composite that's reflected historically in Nero, Nero Caesar. But here's the biggie, but it's not limited to Nero. Remember last time I said the key question regarding the Antichrist, and it's the key question really that unlocks the entire book of Revelation, is St. John describing something past, present, or future? Or another way of asking this key question is, what's the book of Revelation talking about? You know, I had a Catholic university student come to me and say, isn't uh, the book of Revelation just about the Eucharist and the Mass? And this was based on the report of a friend who had read a single book and was convinced that that's it. Now, there is description of worship, both good and bad, in the book of Revelation, the key themes, kingship and worship. So if you're talking about worship, the good part, yes, you're going to have the Eucharist and the Mass. But to say that that's it when you come to chapter 13 is is really bizarre. And we looked last time 
that yes, there is a historical reference to Nero, and others might think it's the emperor Domitian, but whichever early Roman emperor it's referring to, yes, it has a historical reference to it, but it's not limited to that. So our question, is it past, present, or future? It's past and future. Dr. Peter Williamson has a great commentary on the book of Revelation. It's the Baker Catholic Commentary on Scripture, and it's the volume on Revelation. And if you want to move up to the second level of uh, intensity in studying the book of Revelation, this is a great place to start. And this is what he says about Revelation 13 and the Antichrist, and I am totally lined up with him. Quote, the beast that John sees combines the traits of the previous beast in Daniel's visions and epitomizes diabolical and human opposition to God. It is the culmination of all the evil empires of history. Now, the future end-time Antichrist will be a single person. He'll be a world ruler and he will have in himself a composite of all the evil aspects of the tyrannical kings that we have seen throughout history. So it's past. But Revelation 13 says the Antichrist will be given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words. That's verse 5 from Revelation 13. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which is another key chapter regarding the Antichrist, St. Paul says he'll proclaim himself to be God. So talking about haughty words, a man claiming to be God. And then the sad part, and this is one of the reasons we are doing Luke 21 radio. This is one of the reasons, main reasons why we're doing a study, a thorough study in the book of Revelation. This isn't thrills and chills. This isn't like a crystal ball looking into the future. It's preparing for spiritual warfare. And Revelation 13 and verse 4 has some very, very, very sad words. It says, men worshiped the beast. You see, all those who don't worship the true God and recognize his kingship and sovereignty and give him adequate worship will finally get religion, but uh, don't rejoice. The religion they get will be a satanic and deceptive one. We're just living through a stage of history where men have abandoned the worship of the true God, and they're saying, no, I'm just an atheist or agnostic or today's lingo, I'm a nun. That means I don't have any religion. I don't, I don't believe in anything. Well, they will. Men will worship the beast, according to Revelation 13, 4. But what about the present? We said the question for the book of Revelation, is it past, present, or future? And we've described how it's both past and future, but a key passage regarding the Antichrist comes from the short letters of St. John. St. John wrote the book of Revelation. He wrote the first, second, and third John. And this is what he wrote in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many 
Many antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. By the last hour, he's talking about this is the last phase of human history. Once the Messiah comes, we're living in the last phase of human history. And he says, so now, in the present, plural, many antichrists who are forerunners of the end-time antichrist have come. This is why you can have the both and. You don't just have to say, is it past or future, and have a big war about that, because St. John was saying in the first century, we've already seen forerunners of the Antichrist. This is just confirmation that there's a future Antichrist coming. And by the way, St. John in his three letters, this is the only place in the New Testament that you find the word Antichrist. And so we have the idea that a future Antichrist single person will come, but even now, in 2 Thessalonians 2, remember that's our prime passage on the Antichrist, along with Revelation 13, in verse 7 it says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Make no mistake, antichrists are in our world. And if you can't see one or anything relating to the antichrist in our world, and that's a different topic that I'll be glad to get into in the future, then you better start looking because this is a present reality. This is a past reality. And behold, it is a future reality reality. Now, again, I told you about that university student who was kind of wondering if the book of Revelation is just about the Eucharist and the Mass because his friend read a single book that said that. And actually, I've had adults do the same thing. Well, (laughs) you can read one book, but here's a pretty good lineup. 2 Thessalonians 2, again, this is the Antichrist passage from St. Paul. St. Augustine says, the Antichrist shall precede the day of the Lord. That means he shall come in the future before the second coming of Christ. St. Thomas Aquinas says, here he announces what will happen in the future as regards the dangers to the church that will arise during the time of the Antichrist. You really don't need too much more in Augustine Aquinas, but let me keep going. St. Robert Bellamin, the Antichrist is future. St. Jerome's commentary on Daniel, the Antichrist is in the future. Blessed John Henry Newman, hopefully soon St. John Henry Newman, in his Advent sermons on the Antichrist says, Signs do occur in history from time to time, not to fix the day, but to remind us that the Antichrist and the final struggle between the church and her enemies is daily approaching. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. The Antichrist will be released for a short, dreadful season, and then Christ will come in power and glory." So we've had Augustine, Aquinas, St. Robert Bellarmin. By the way, St. Robert Bellarmin's work on the Antichrist has just been republished within the last year or two. St. Jerome, blessed John Henry Newman. Let's add to that Popes Leo XIII, St. Pius X, Pius XI, 
all believed in a future Antichrist. The Didache, perhaps the earliest writings outside of the New Testament, simply means teaching, teaching of the 12 apostles, future Antichrist. But here's the past-only view of the Antichrist. There's nothing in the future. It's the preterist blockbuster, and that's Hippolytus, a Roman martyr, writing in 200 AD, only the third generation from St. John. Only the third generation. This is 200. John's writing before 100, just before 100. There's not a big gap here. His commentary, Hippolytus's commentary on Daniel, is the earliest extant Christian commentary we have on any book of the Bible, and he also wrote a treatise on Christ and the Antichrist. Again, writing in A.D. 200, Hippolytus believed the Antichrist was yet in the future, future. And so any view which says, no, we're going to cement it in the past and not have any relevance for the future is a deficient view. And that's because our Catechism 675 talks about the religious deception of the Antichrist, man glorifying himself, 2 Thessalonians 2, its warning of the future. In the Catechism 677, the kingdom will be fulfilled. That's a future tense, not by historic triumph, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil. And what's that final unleashing of evil? The footnote, Revelation 13. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 104 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.